It's so good to be in the presence of God today. I'm, I'm telling you, listen, I believe that God's given me a, a big word. It's going to be a challenge for us today, though. So uh, I just want to kind of reiterate what, what Pastor Lance said to just let your heart be open today. Amen. Because it, it, it's easy to come in and get in the presence of God and, and worship God. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the enemy will start talking almost immediately, right? And so I just want to encourage you to have your heart open, be ready to receive the word today. I want to take a minute and just say welcome to everybody joining us in-house and online. Um, if you're joining us online, I would like to ask you just take a second, hit the like button, give us a comment, let us know that you were here, let us know that you were joining us, and do us a favor, hit that share button and, and let's help get this word out to our community, amen? You can, you can help right now support this ministry by just going ahead and hitting that, that share button. Um, I also wanna uh, welcome another special guest in the house. Uh, we were, we, most of y'all know we've been looking for a new lead pastor our lead pastor just, uh, man, he just up and ran out. And it was, it was heartbreaking. It was a hard, challenging time for the church. Um, but, you know, hey, we, want, we just want to welcome our, our former lead pastor back and just welcome him in the house today. Thank you, Jesus. If it goes out on the internet, it's true, right? No. Now, our lead pastor took uh, the month of July to go pray about the vision of the church and, and what God would, would have us do as we enter into this next phase of ministry. Because how many of y'all know that, that phase one and two of 2020 was not uh, pretty much what we expected it to be, right? We, we, yelled, we yelled Happy New Year, and then it was pretty much downhill from there. Right, and so he wanted to pray and, and see the vision that, that God's given us, the direction that God's given us, and he wanted to, to take some time and rest with his family. So today is his first Sunday back, and we just didn't trust him with the microphone this morning yet. And so, listen, you got one more week uh, of our message in Galatians. I love you, Pastor Josh. Welcome back. Um, listen, we're in week four of our series on Galatians. And I think it's been a powerful time to be able to kind of look at, at uh, the gospel and look at our job at sharing the gospel and being the church. And we're gonna be back in Galatians. We're kind of, we're gonna skip a few chapters and we're gonna kind of book in this. I'm sure this will not be the last time we hear from the Apostle Paul and what he will have to say about the gospel. But if you're, if you're got your Bible in here, go to Galatians 5. We're going to be in chapter 9. It's going to be up on the screens. Also, if you have version, we have uh, a live event on there that you can follow along with today. Verse 7, it says, You were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? Now, there's other translations that I was reading this in, and it actually says, Who has hindered you from following the truth, Right? Uh, something that you need to keep in the back of your mind, that word hindered as we go through today. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who has called you to freedom. And this false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. Again, I ask that our hearts are open and ready to receive your word. Challenge us today. Let us leave here different as the body of Christ. And those who may not know you, Lord, draw them into your presence and, and, and show them your love right now. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So in these first couple of uh, verses, I say first couple of verses, we're like, a little bit further down, but in these first couple of verses that we're getting to this morning, Paul continues to warn his, his, his church in Galatia about these false teachers. They're persuading them to, to like these false teachers are coming in and, and basically what they're doing is they're persuading them to go back into slavery and go back into bondage because Christ has set them free. These are believers that have been set free from Christ and now here they are, they're starting to believe this false gospel and Paul is saying 
hey, don't do that right now, right? These false teachers were coming into Galatian, to the Galatian churches and they were saying, hey, if you really wanna be loved by God, if you really wanna be accepted by God, here's what you have to do. You have to, it's not just faith in Jesus, it's not just belief in Jesus, it's not just the gospel of Jesus. Instead, you also have to have to be circumcised, right? So basically what he's saying is if you want to be loved and accepted by God, you have to return to the Old Testament law. And then we learned over the last uh, few weeks that to Paul's surprise, the Galatians were actually buying in to this false gospel, right? They're starting to believe that, hey, maybe, maybe I have to do this. They're starting to believe that maybe it's not just faith alone and Christ alone, right? It may be, maybe it is works. Maybe it is that somehow our human effort can save us and get us to where we want to be. And so Paul, again, he's calling them out. He says to them, listen, you are running well, right? You came off the starting block strong. You were running this race well until someone hindered you or held you back. Now, that word hindered, I told you to keep it in the back of your mind because that word hindered comes from a Greek word that means, look, look, check this out. It means to cut into or to cut off, right? And so we can get this picture of this runner, this sprinter, and they're, they're getting ready and they're, they're just off the starting blocks and they're giving it all they got. They're running as fast as they can until someone from the other lane cuts into them and sends them off course right? So, so they're just moving. They're going. They, they know where they're going. They see where they're going. They know what they're trying to do. Then somebody else comes and knocks them off course. And so this is what Paul is referring to here. He's saying, hey, you were running the race so well. Who has hindered you, right? And, and that's what's happening to these churches in Galatia, to these believers. Um, and listen, if you're not careful, the same thing can happen to you and I this morning, right? And, and so we can learn from Paul today. Paul is not just reaching out to these churches and saying that. This is a call to the modern church, amen? This is a, a call to the modern church that says, hey, listen, you started out straight. You had your eyes on the gospel. You had your eyes on the prize. Who came and cut you off. And, and, and listen, there's people in our lives like that. There's people in our lives that will cut into us, will cut us off from the things of God, will cut us off from the freedom that, that's offered to us as believers. And that's kind of the case uh, of, of these Galatian churches. And listen, if you can't think of anybody in your life right now that cuts you off or cuts into you, you're that person. I'm just kidding. I just want to make a joke, right? Uh, listen, there's people, we all know that there's people that just cut into us, that, that push us, that, that kind of like, like to, to, to kind of push us around and, and get in there. And even if they're not trying to, a lot of these times, these people can cut you off course. They cut into you, right? And, and, and so these people might even be preachers, right? I know preachers. I've heard preachers. There's, there's famous preachers. There's not famous preachers that can, listen, they can peel the plaster off the wall with their preaching. They can get up here and they're so good at just being able to speak to people and speak into people. But listen, the problem is if you listen to their message, a lot of the times they're not preaching Jesus. They're not preaching Jesus, right? Um, they they kind of take the 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 principles and they take Jesus out of it. And so listen, they'll sprinkle Jesus through, but he's kind of the footnote in their message, right? And, and so we see that. And if you listen really closely, you'll hear it. Um, it, it it's stuff like this. Hey, you're awesome and you have what it takes. You could do this yourself. It's through your own works. You can uh, become all that you desire to be. You can, you can do this through your strengths. And, and, and listen, on a, a surface level, messages like that are extremely inspiring and are extremely encouraging. But what they do is when you dig past that surface level, you go deeper, they're actually really dangerous. And let me tell you why. They're really dangerous because it makes us believe that we're stronger than we really are. 
It makes us believe that we're, that we're better than we really are. So instead of seeing yourself as someone who needs Jesus and needs the freedom that comes with the gospel of Jesus Christ, instead, you start depending on yourself. You start depending on your own power. And this is what Paul is getting to. He, he, he's saying, listen, instead of seeing yourself as someone who is strong enough, you need to see the power of God rest in your life. You don't need to be depending on you because anytime you depend on you, listen to me, church, what you start to do is you start to abandon that freedom that Christ has given you. You start to abandon that and you return to slavery. And a lot of the times you return to bondage. How many of you have seen this? You've seen people that were running this race, were running strong, They've been knocked off course. And a lot of the time, see, what happens is that they actually end up worse because here's what happens. The enemy comes and says, oh, man, you have really messed up. You've really done it this time. And so so then you're distracted and you're taken off and it it can become a big mess. You return into slavery. And furthermore, church, we've talked a lot about this over the last month that that when we do that, we can cause other people to do that as well because people are watching us, amen? People are looking at what the church is doing, especially now, right? Uh, So you naturally, when you get cut off, you start to cut off other people. You start to go into their lane. You start to influence them. You start to get them off course. And, and, And so, listen, this is the danger of false teaching, the, the danger of false teaching is that oftentimes it sounds good because you get to be the hero of your own story and everybody loves to be a hero. Everybody loves a good story, but oftentimes it, it's hard to recognize the need of Christ in our lives when we hear messages like that. Now, don't get me wrong, through the power of Christ, man, you can do some amazing things. As a matter of fact, we've talked about that. We've talked about the things that, that Jesus has called called us to do, to go into the world and make disciples. That is a huge calling on our lives this morning. That is not a small calling. And listen to me, as believers of Christ, we cannot treat that as a small calling. We've got a big calling. And and so what Paul is saying is you got to watch out for this stuff because a lot of the times we don't notice it, but just like a little bit of yeast, it goes through the whole dough. I want to share with y'all for a second. If you've never done any type of baking, listen, my spirit animal is food, (laughs) right? That like, there's not a certain type of food. There's not a certain thing. I mean, obviously, um, if you want my heart, barbecue is a safe place to go. Um, Barbecue, pizza, stuff like that. But, But listen, there's also little things that get me, and, and uh, one of those little things that get me are the little soft, hot, buttery, delicious um, pretzels at the mall that you get, right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I can smell it. I can taste it right now. They're so buttery. They're so good. Well, I want to tell you that during this last month, I figured out how to make them. I figured out how to make them. And I'm not talking about like I figured out a recipe that kind of tastes like them. I'm talking they taste just like them. And so here, here, here's the deal, though. It starts out with this little batch of dough. And what happens is, is as you mix it and as you start to beat it, at one point you add the yeast to it. And this yeast has been uh, feeding on milk and sugar and stuff like that. So this yeast started out like this little packet. Now it's just bubbling over. You add it to the, uh, to the bread and to the dough. You let it sit for about an hour at room temperature and it doubles in size, Right? That's how you actually know that the yeast is working and that you're going to get a good product is when all of it starts to rise, all of it starts to get fluffy, and it started with a little bit of yeast, and that is what Paul is warning us about right here, and he's saying, listen, a small amount can cause a significant change, right? When you start returning to that slavery, can I just be honest with you? Um, that it becomes more and more obvious in and through you that, that you have become off course. And a lot of the times that brings us further away because as, as humans, a lot of the times our first reaction is not to be like, you know what, I was wrong. 
I need to fix this. I need to get this right. Oftentimes, we, we start to be like, hey, ask me if you've heard this one before, right? Um, man, you messed up a lot. You probably should get that fixed before you, you go back into the presence of God or, or God's so disappointed in you that you need to do this. And, and that's the voice of the enemy. And he's coming and he's telling you that, listen, I'm gonna just go ahead because if he comes out and he says, I'm gonna go ahead and rob you of your spiritual freedom, we would fight him. We would run from it. It wouldn't ever happen, but that's how the enemy works. The enemy waits till we are, are off course and then he attacks, right? And hear my heart as one of your pastors today. Just, I want you to hear this and I want it, you to get it in your spirit, amen? Um, this is why you have to be so careful with the books you read, the music you listen to, the stuff you watch, the stuff you get your spirit, the, the stuff you allow to speak into your spirit. Dare I say the stuff that we spend our time doing. Listen, listen, a lot of the time we spend our time with stuff that doesn't matter uh, to, the, to the gospel and doesn't matter to our calling. And listen, None of that is bad in and of itself, but what happens a lot of the time is it's that, it's that other runner, right? It's that runner that has their shoes untied and is starting to come into your lane. And so I wanna tell you as one of your pastors today, listen, guard what you let go into your spirit. Guard what you let speak into your lives. And listen, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes we, we just need to take a break from stuff, amen? Listen, I've taken a break from social media over, over about the last couple of months. I mean, I've got on there sporadically, but I've taken a huge break from social media. And I, can I just tell you, the world doesn't seem that bad right? The world doesn't seem that bad. And you know, it's just as crazy as it was when I left, you know, it, it was, it, 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 but I needed that. I needed that rest. I needed that, that kind of just build in my spirit. And I would encourage us today to do that very same thing, right? Um, listen, the voices you allow to speak in your life, a lot of the times that will start to come out, that will start to come out. And, and so you gotta be careful and listen to this, church. I, I actually, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Be careful about the things you say and the things that you share in hopes of influencing other people. And the hopes of influencing other people because that's a lot of the times what we get so passionate about. And it hurts because I wish we would get so passionate about the gospel. I wish we would get that passionate about the gospel because it, it, if, if, man, I feel the presence of God in this place. I'm just gonna tell you, listen, I want you to be set free this morning because when we start doing that, oftentimes not only do we hurt ourselves because we're off course, but a lot of the times we're in danger of sharing stuff that influences people away from the gospel. And anytime that you pull someone away and you bring them to a gospel that puts you or themselves at the center and takes Jesus and put it on the sidelines, I'm telling you, you're in dangerous territory. And so be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you let speak into you. And, and, and be careful when you're, when you're passing that stuff along, man. Don't pass around these false gospels, right? Um, Paul actually goes on and he says that when you do this, you cause yourself and those that you cause to stumble to be in danger of losing Jesus in the gospel altogether. So what he's saying is he's saying that, listen, when you take your eyes off of the prize, oftentimes you lose what it is that you were running towards in the first place. And that's why we get people that, that's proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming to be believers of Jesus, but a lot of times they don't know where Jesus is. They don't know where he's at. They don't know where he's leading them to go. They don't know what he's leading them to do because they've taken their eyes off of the prize. <clears throat> anyway, it's quiet in here, um, right? So that's the danger that these Galatians were facing. And, and Paul just continues to rail on this. We're gonna look at verse 10, if you will. Listen to this. It says, I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. 
you can hear, like he's rebuking them. Just in case you don't see this because it's hidden in a scripture, he's saying, I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings and that God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say that I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would also mutilate themselves. Now, that is a very, very Disney Plus version of that scripture, right? That's a very Disney Plus version of that scripture. um, Look, what he actually says there is he literally wishes that those people that are that are taking and and bringing this false gospel would castrate themselves would demasculate themselves paul look at me let's just embrace the awkwardness here guys at home just embrace it listen don't look it up don't google it just embrace it it's awkward and i can tell you that what paul's doing here is he's saying he's angry He's saying he's mad, he's saying he's frustrated, and he's calling the church out, amen? And sometimes we need to call the church out because, listen, listen, Paul is angry here. He's angry because of what these false teachers are doing to the church, to the church that was running strong, running after that. And I can tell you that that as we're running after the vision that God's given us, this very thing is going to happen. There's going to be people that are coming to knock you off course. I promise it. And, and, And so what Paul's doing here is he's saying, hey, look at where I pointed you. Look at the true gospel. Always find Jesus at the center of it. Um, he says to his readers, I wish those who, who cut you off would cut themselves off. And I know that some of us are soft-hearted and we love each other and all we want to do is, is talk about love. But Paul is saying this and he's saying it really harsh because he's saying, hear me, by cutting people off, you're cutting people off from the only real message that can save them and set them free. We should be saying amen to that. I know that that's hard to hear sometimes. I know that it's hard to read the Bible, and and especially when we're talking about the gospel, man. Think of how powerful the gospel is. Think of of how many things it transcends, how many sins, how many beliefs, how how many things that Jesus reached through to grab us and give us salvation. And so now Paul is saying that you're cutting people off from that only message. And, and so by doing this, listen, you just need to cut yourself off. That's what Paul's saying here. He's mad and he's calling these people out for who they are and what they're doing. And, and, and so listen, then he begins to express confidence, not in himself, not in the church in Galatia, not in their power, but he starts taking confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ that after reading this letter, they will take it to heart and they will take no other view and instead they will stop trying to earn their salvation. They'll stop trying to follow laws that that will make them right in the sight of God. They'll stop following these false teachings and stop wasting their time because that's what it is. Again, I wanna tell you that the devil doesn't have to take you out. He's not got to hurt you. He's not even got to stop you from believing. He's just got to stop you from being effective. He's just got to stop, stop you from being effective because there are people in this world that only you can reach. That is why God gave us this calling as a church. He said, you are the body. Go. Go and work as the body. And, and, and so Paul's saying, hey, you don't have to earn this. You don't have to keep obedience to the law. Instead, I want you to fully embrace the truth. And the truth is, is that salvation is by grace. It's through faith in Christ alone. It's not our works. It's not what we do. It's, it, it's what he 
did. And I want to share a little story with you guys. I'm just going to be super transparent. Um, these were saved people. We've talked about that. These are, these are not you know, people that do not know Jesus. These are not people that Paul is trying to, like, these are, these are not evil people. These are church goers. These are believers. These are Christians. And uh, I was thinking the other day about sharing the story, and I shared some of it with our staff. I want to share it with you this morning. I have this amazing little boy. I mean, I love him. He is a clone of me. Um, we look alike. We act alike. I even remember, I, like, I watch him do things as a kid that just reminds me of stuff that I did as a kid, right? And so the other day, we're playing, and uh, we're, we're kind of roughhousing, doing, doing what a dad and his son will do. We're fighting. We're, we're messing with each other. So he has this big box. Y'all know kids like boxes, right? So we just have this random box in our house, um, and the kids will put their toys in it. Rather than playing with their toys, they just want to play with the box. So that's kind of what this was, and it's, it's, it's about this big, plenty big enough. So I take Judah... And I'm setting this up because some of y'all are going to probably call state on me. Um, so I set Judah in this box, and I, I, I got the lid, and I was just holding the lid, right? It has an opening. He can breathe. I'm not trying to kill him. Um, and I thought he's laughing, right? I'm hearing all this noise and, and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, man, he thinks this is funny. So, of course, I go further. I go, Rachel, where's the tape? Let's, let's ship this little boy off. So now he starts frantically trying to get out of the box. It's now that I realize that he is not laughing. He is having a panic attack. Um, I'm talking full-blown. <laughs> you know, he gets out of the box. I hug him. I'm trying to calm him down, right? He tells me, I don't want you. I want mommy. That does not happen ever with my son. My son is a daddy's boy. He loves being a daddy's boy. He does, I mean, to the point to where the other night, it was my turn to put Lila to bed, and he walked up to Rachel, and he goes, I really just don't like it when you put me to bed. I really, and, I, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh, awkward. And, and, and so, listen, he's a daddy's boy. So this hurt me deep. And of course, now I'm already embarrassed because I, I've just hurt my son. I've just upset my son. We had company over. I did all of that in front of company thinking that I'm playing. Now my son's hysterical. So I'm like, I'm going to fix this because I am a fixer. I'm a fixer at heart. I don't like things to be messed up. I'm, I'm one of those guys that if you call me and ask me to talk, like I'm going to bother you until you at least tell me what it's about. And then chances are, I'm probably going to try to still fix it right then anyway. So that's me. I take Judah, and I take him to our stairs, and I, I lean down. I'm like, buddy, I didn't know you were crying. I didn't know that you were scared. I'm sorry. And I should have known because he's been dealing with fear a lot. And uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. Well, he looks at me. He screams because at this point, he's still frantic. He doesn't want me touching him, doesn't want me around him. He just wants mommy. He screams bloody murder. And I would love to say that at that point, I walked off. I went and calmed down, but I didn't. Instead, what I did is I snatched him up as quickly as I could. I ran upstairs. I was just thinking, I'm like, yep, it's going down. We're about to have the worst spanking ever, right? Because he just screamed at me in my face. And, and so as we're going up the stairs, I start to feel God speak to me and I'm starting to, I'm starting to chill out, you know, and I get up there and his face, I'll never forget it. And I'm trying not to lose it now because his face was so hurt. It was so scared and it was full of so much fear because his dad that's supposed to be loving and, and the mistake was not what his problem was. The fear was not what his problem was. It was everything afterwards. And I, I, I want to tell you that because I would really like to say that I did the right thing. I would really like to say that as a Christian and as a pastor, I knew that it was a wrong situation. I read it right and I let things calm down, but I didn't. Instead, it wasn't until I had already set him down on the bed and I'm about to just get onto him that I, I just stopped. And I just stopped. And I literally, this is what happened. I walked away. 
I got in the shower, I turned on some worship music, and, and whoever knocked that out of my hand needs to stop playing. Anyway, so put on some worship. I just feel the presence of God. I mean, God is just in the place like I'm in my bathroom, I'm weeping, right? I'm praying. I'm like, God, please forgive me. Please let me be a better dad. Let me be a better, better father. Let me be a better example than what I just did to my amazing son that I love more than anything. And God spoke to me and he said, I want you to use that. I want you to remember that. And I want you to remember the feeling of grace that you have right now. And, and, and so that's the story. I'd like to tell you that I nailed it, man, that I killed it, that everything was perfect, and, and that I could stand up and, and tell you from a position of, of nailing it how to do this. But I could tell you that um, sometimes things happen, sometimes things pull, it gets you off course. And as you start to rem go back into slavery, um, sometimes we need to be reminded of what Christ has done for, for us and who that makes us in, in response to that. It makes us a free people that can live in freedom and, and, and minister from a position of freedom. Um, we speak the gospel not in anger, but in love. And things happen. Things get to us. We're human. And it broke my heart when I did that to my son. It broke my heart. I shared this with some of our staff this week. It just hurt. It hurt me deeply. I still, like, I, I, I just, even telling the story, I'm like, ugh, you know, and, and God was so, the, the, the presence of God was powerful. I went downstairs, listen guys, I, I repented to God, I repented to my wife, I repented to my son. I even, I even told my little girl, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, what daddy just did was not okay. And uh, <clears throat> as I was starting to write these notes and, and put this in, like God was just telling me to use that because, because that is an amazing picture of what grace is and what these people are dealing with, that these people are believers, that they love Jesus, they're free, but sometimes they want to pick up the slavery that Jesus has already set them free from. And, and what that means for me, because you might be thinking that that's not a, really a big deal, but I used to struggle with anger really bad really, really bad. I had a, a, a bad temper. And so when I started to see that I was losing my temper, I started to see this, uh, just walking back into slavery, right? Just walking back and picking up the things that Christ has already done to set us free. And, and it just broke my heart. And I was thinking about that this week. And, and uh, I was thinking about, so we take confidence in the Lord to, to not just bring people back, but to bring us back. And so that's, that's what I did. I took confidence that, that God would go out before me and soften the heart so that I can repent and ask for forgiveness. And see, this is really good news for us today because that grace is for us. It's true today for you in this place. It's true for anybody watching online. God's grace for you can set you back on track. Amen? Um, next, we see people accusing Paul of being one of the Judaizers, right? We see people saying that, hey, we know that you support our salvation by circumcision. And so Paul shuts that down really quickly, right? He shuts it down, and this is what he says. He says, I wouldn't still be being prosecuted right now if I was preaching another gospel than the one that I brought you. If I was preaching this gospel of works, I wouldn't be being persecuted because the offense of the cross would be removed. Paul's preaching and teaching on something here that's very significant. And I want us to grasp this because it's important that we get this. The gospel message is an offensive message. It's an offensive message, and here's why. Which, by the way, um, 
This is why at Eastgate Church, we try to make a culture and an atmosphere where people can come in and they can be impacted and experience God without having to come in and worry about judgment or, or having to come in and pre-clean themselves before they walk into the presence of God. It's something that we believe in so wholeheartedly here that people be received and welcomed in love and, and, not, by, and not be offended by stuff that doesn't matter. Amen? So um, Paul is saying the gospel is offensive enough, right? And here's why it's offended, uh, offensive. Because if I say to you today, hey, you're a good person, you can do this, you can set yourself free, there's nothing offensive about that. Maybe as a Christian, that's offensive to you, but as a human, that's not offensive, right? If I come to you and say, hey, come to church, follow these rules, try really hard, and in the end, God's going to be okay with whatever you did. There is nothing offensive about that. But on the other hand, if I come up to you and I lean into your direction and I say, hey, you're a sinner. You're, you're, you're a deprived person. There's nothing you could do about it. You're spiritually dead, you can't do anything, and so all you're not strong enough, you're not good enough, all the rules, all the coming to church, none of that. Instead, there is one person that can set you free, and that is Jesus Christ. The only option right here is to humble yourself and accept what Jesus did for you and give your entire life to Jesus, right there to enter into a, a, a relationship with God. The way that you got to do that is through entering a relationship with Jesus. That is an offensive message. And the reason why it's offensive is because the, the gospel message crushes every ounce of pride inside of us. It crushes every ounce of self that we built up, that, that we like to be the hero of our own story, and it forces us to face the fact that we are not strong enough and that we need a savior. And so the gospel forces us to come to grips with our depravity and with our, with our weakness, with our inability to save ourselves. And in the process, it forces us to get off the throne of our own lives, right? And, and enter into allegiance with Jesus, the king that sets us all free. And that flies in the face of everything we wanna do as humans. So it's offensive. You, you, you see, when we run out in the world and we start proclaiming this, the, the message that we've been giving, um, listen, it doesn't matter how much of a loving approach that we take, people are still gonna be offended because that is an offensive message. There will always be somebody who doesn't want to hear that, right? They'll hate on us for sharing the truth. They'll hate on us for, for what we believe. They'll hate on us for, for the things that God's called us to do. And listen, can I just tell you, we don't need any help letting people hate on us. What we do matters. What we say matters. When we mess up, it matters that we make the right choice and we get back on track. Because listen, I could just share with you that most of the time I can't remember my failures. I can't remember the things that I've done to mess up. If I was to try to get up and recount the things that I've done to hurt God's heart after becoming a Christian, I don't know that I could do it. But I can remember all the decisions that I've made. I can remember the decisions that I, I remember feeling the guilt, and so I ran further away from God. Or I remember, I remember feeling the grace of God, and so I ran deeper into relationship with God. And uh, <clears throat> as we do this, we start to walk in more and more freedom. As we start to, to remember those decisions, we start to learn from those things. We start walking more and more into freedom. Um, I want us to get back to the text today because, like, Paul hasn't even made his big point, right? All this preaching and, like, this is just the setup for Paul's big point, right? So let's, let's go on back into the Galatians 5. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And this is so relevant for our country and our culture today. Listen to this last part. It says, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So Paul starts out and he reminds us here of what he's been saying through, throughout this letter uh, uh, that you and I as followers of Christ, we've been called to freedom. We're now uh, free from trying to earn our salvation, from trying to work into our salvation, to trying to work into the presence of God. We've been set free because Christ did the work of setting us free through his perfect life, through his sacrificial death and his resurrection. The resurrection was the sign that, that God accepted his sacrifice for us. So Jesus Christ paid the full penalty of sin. And listen to me. He is in our present time right now through the work of the Holy Spirit setting us free from sin today. He's currently setting us free. So it's not just that he cleanses us from sin, but the Holy Spirit is here to set us free from sin in our present day. And then when Jesus comes back, he's going to set us free from the presence of sin forever. Amen? I figured that would get more. He's going to set us free from sin forever. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen, but then he makes a point, right? Did my mic just go out? It just went out for a minute, didn't it? Okay. I was like, did the batteries die? I heard it. Okay. So he's saying simply this, and if you're taking notes, I I encourage you to write this down. He says, freedom is meant to be used, not abused. Freedom is meant to be used and not abused. Now we're going to spend some time unpacking this today. So again, I'd like you to write this down. Um, So in other words, that being set free by Jesus doesn't mean that you're free to use that freedom in any way that you want, right? It doesn't mean that you spend your time uh, doing whatever you want to do by your own selfish natures and by your own selfish desires. And Paul talks about this a lot in his letters. You'll find him talking about the works of the flesh, the works of your own desires. According to Paul, that flesh and those desires are a set of sinful desires that are in you and I, right? They live in you and I, they're selfish passions, they're sinful desires. And, and uh, that's true of us regardless of who you are, regardless of what your background is. We need Jesus to come in and, and put those in their place, right? And so he's saying that we have this flesh and, and, and when that stuff starts to come out of you, when those sinful desires start to come out and they start to show themselves, he's saying that people know it and they see it because it often comes out as extreme selfishness. It often comes out as extreme selfishness, right? The, the, the flesh causes you to elevate yourself over other people. And so what happens a lot of the time is you end up loving the things that, that are wrong and you end up hating the things that are right because the right things stand in the way of our selfish pursuits. And that's why you hear a lot of people, well, why would you want to be a Christian? It's just a set of rules about this. Let me tell you where that comes from. That comes from a place of somebody saying, I have a selfish pursuit and Jesus has gotten in my way of that. And the cross has gotten in my way of that. And God has gotten in my way of that. And that's where that comes from. Because that often gets in the way of our selfish pursuits. And it's really important for us to get this this morning. Because at times, as broken people, listen to this, we're all tempted to think and believe that our sin problem is outside of us that it's outside of our nature, it's outside of our person, right? This, what, what that means is that our sin nature is not actually anything to do with us, but we do things because the devil made us do it, right? We do things because the devil made us do it, or we do things because people made us do it. And I wanna tell you, church, I wanna encourage you that nothing's further from the truth, right? The devil and your flesh and other people can come and they can tempt you, but it's a choice, It's a decision that you make consciously. It's a choice that you make as a broken person, as a hurt person. And so what Paul's saying here in light of this is he's saying, you and I 
cannot abuse our freedom by saying yes to those desires, by saying yes to those desires that Jesus has set you free from, right? Jesus did the work on the cross. You don't have to prove yourself any longer. You don't have to live by that any longer, but you also can't live any way you want. Parents, I want you to to tune in for a little bit. I'm sure you're like me and you love your kids so much. And honestly, you're not gonna let them do whatever they wanna do. Why? Because you love them and you wanna protect them. And so what happens is out of your love for your kids and your love and desire to protect and make their life better, you set up these boundaries, right? And, and, and you tell the kids, don't go beyond these boundaries because this will keep you safe. And I wanna tell you that as a father, I do that because I love my kids kids and because I want them to be free to enjoy the freedom that I have given them as a parent. And hear me, the God of the universe is a good father and he wants the same thing for you. He sets these boundaries because out of love, he's saying, listen, I see more than you do. I know better than you do. I can see these things more clearly. And so if, if you stay inside my boundaries, I promise that you'll stay safe. You'll be able to enjoy the freedom that I've given you. You'll be able to operate and we can change the world. But when you start going outside of those boundaries, you start to see things go wrong. And, and, and God's saying, it's not because I'm mad at you. It's not because I want to ruin your fun. It's not because I want you to stick to these strict set of rules, but it's because I'm trying to ensure that you can live your best life and the freedom that I've given you. And he's trying to ensure that because he's a good father, right? To live in the freedom that Christ has purchased for you, that he's purchased for me. But anytime that we abuse that freedom and we go outside of those boundaries, we can actually lose the sight of freedom in the process. We can lose sight of freedom in the process. And I, I, I kind of started thinking about somebody who lives in this country and we have a lot of really good freedoms in this country, Right? But it's like someone living in this country and then losing the freedoms that are given to them freely in this country. So like someone who, who decides to go outside of the boundaries and so they end up in jail or they end up having these freedoms taken away, um, the same thing happens to people spiritually. The same thing happens to people's spirits. It happens to their relationships. It happens with their relationship with God. People who live that way suffer for it, church. Listen to me, they suffer for it. Starts off as just kind of going off course and next thing you know, they lose sight of where they were going in the first place. They lose Jesus and all the other stuff that they've added to the gospel and to the message that they don't know where to find it, right? Um, they lose it. They return to anger, to greed. Like what? some of the stuff, have you ever noticed that a lot of the times when you do this, you, you tend to revert back to the things that, that God's already set you free from. I mean, that could be anything, pornography, lust, jealousy, anger. Like what about all these things, right? List goes on and on or, or what happens is then you feel shame, you feel fear, you feel condemnation, you feel insecurity. And see, and that insecurity is where a lot of damage is done because the confidence in Jesus has left us. And so we're trying to grasp at confidence in something so that we can feel the insecurity go away. And oftentimes that's when we grasp something we shouldn't need. And so we end up walking back in the condemnation that Christ took away from us on the cross. And I would imagine that people in here today, people watching online have, have had something like that happen to them. You've experienced that personally, right? So according to Paul, the way to avoid that is, and if you're taking notes, again, I'd encourage you to write this down. The way to avoid that is by using your freedom rightly, right? Using your freedom 
rightly. And, and, and here's what Paul says. He says, using your freedom rightly means serving others through love. It means serving others through love, right? So Paul says in our passage that the entire law is actually fulfilled in loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, this sounds very familiar because these are also words of Jesus, to love your neighbor as yourself. And he's saying to us that if you want to live in freedom, you do this by serving others through love. You live a life for God that honors God above all things, right? If you wanna obey him, if you wanna fulfill the, the, all of the over 600 laws of the Old Testament law, if you wanna do that, if you wanna cover circumcision, if you wanna cover all those things, here's what you do. You, you give your life in the loving service of other people, not trying to earn your salvation. So that's the calling that God's put on our heart. When you start to, to earn your own salvation, it takes away from this, this vision and this mission right here that God's given us to serve others through love. And when I was doing this, it, it took me back, right? It took me back to, to John 13 when Jesus is, is washing the disciples' feet, right? Um, listen, it's the night before his crucifixion having Passover meal, and his followers, a couple of his followers start to argue, right? They start to argue with one another, and they start to indulge their flesh, and what they're arguing about is which one of them is greater? Which one of them is greater? Could you imagine having this fight in, in, in front of Jesus? Like, hey, which one of us do you think he likes more? Which one of us you think is greater? So listen, the, the greatest man in the whole room stands up, Jesus, and this is what he does. He, he decides that I'm going to serve these people in love. And so he got up from the table and rather than walking up to him and saying, hey, none of y'all are good enough. None of y'all can do this. It's all me, baby. Rather than doing that, instead what he did is he got on the floor. He assumed the position of a servant, the lowliest job, right? The, the job that nobody wants to do, washing feet. And, and, and he says, look, I'm gonna serve you through love. Now, please hear me. If Jesus Christ has set you free and if you know him as Lord and Savior, then the calling on your life is to do the same. The calling on your life is to serve other people through love, right? Pouring yourself out for the sake of other people. Uh, the, uh, watching the feet of people regardless of who those feet belong to. Who those feet belong to. And then there's another option, right? Paul talks about this. The, the other option he actually condemns in verse 15. He says, this is the other option, devour and destroy. And he says, listen, don't do that. You need to beware of doing that. You need to realize that, that there is another option, but you just don't need to do it. So technically, there's not even really another option. This is it. And, and, and this very thing is happening in our culture right now. We see it all the times. And just let me bear my soul with you for a little bit as we close. Band, you can go ahead and start to prepare. Um, I've shared with you that I've been on a break from a lot of social media. And the, the reason for that is every time I turn on social media, I am grieved in my spirit because I see people devouring <laughs> and destroying one another, right? Nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to empathize. Everybody wants to talk and be heard. And, and so here's one of my greatest fears is that we've lost our ability to just weep with those who weep and to mourn with those who mourn, to share one another's burdens without the ridiculous need to add additional commentary. That, that's my fear today, that we've lost 
that ability. But I'll tell you what grieves me the most is when I get on or I'm walking around in the world and I see people that believe in Jesus and claim the name of Jesus doing that same very thing, that same very thing. And God put this into my spirit and I was like, I'm not gonna write this down because this is hard. This is hard to hear. And God just wouldn't let it go. As followers of Jesus, we're often acting like the, the prowling, roaring lion, lion that's just looking for someone to devour. And that grieves my spirit. It grieves my spirit because when we do that, we not only lose sight of what we're doing, but we also take people with us. We also take people with us, right? And I just want to say today, as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers, as people called to be more like him and to tell the world about the good news, can we just be better? Can we just be better than that? Can we, can we not say, well, hey, it's, it's so-and-so or it's this? Can we just be better? Can we be challenged today? Can we ask the Holy Spirit today to challenge us and to grow us past this place? And listen, doing better doesn't just mean that out of guilt we try harder. It doesn't mean that we work harder. It doesn't mean that we just try to do things different. Listen to me, church. It starts with repentance. It starts with us getting on our knees, getting on our faces, and confessing both to God and, and to other people that we've made a mistake and we set our sights back to Jesus. We get back in our lane. We start running the race. And then we remember this great act of service that Jesus did as, as, as we start to look at all these things. Say no to our sinful desires, our, our selfishness, our, our greed, our, our desire to get the last word, to, get the, the, uh, to say the last thing, to, to just win. And instead, what we do is we start walking in love and patience and peace and kindness and gentleness because, again, God's Holy Spirit is setting you free from sin at this present day, right? Um, when we repent and we confess it, I want to challenge you to leave it today, right? To leave it where you put it in response to what he did for us. I'm getting ready to close. I want to be known for that, guys. I want to be known as the guy who didn't just spend his, his life talking, who, who never listened, who never empathized, never learning from those that I might not agree with. Can I just tell you, that's okay to learn from people that you may not agree with, to talk to people and love people and serve people that you may not agree with. I want to be known as the guy who spent his life serving people on the floor. And can I just be honest with you? I don't think that I'm there yet. I don't think that I'm there yet, but I know the confidence in this that I'm in the lane. I'm in the right lane. I've got my sight set on Jesus. And that is good news because if I can do it, you can do it in this place today. Right? I want to be the guy who loved people like Jesus, told people about Jesus, took confidence in the Lord. And honestly, I think that's what a lot of us want today. And so as we pray, um, that's what we're going to pray for as, as a church. Listen, if you're killing it in your relationship with God, then what I want you to do is start now praying for your brothers and sisters, because there are people that are not. There's people that's hurt, there's people that's messed up. And I can tell you that a lot of the times getting up here and hearing a message like this, two things are gonna happen. They're gonna take it, they're gonna change, they're gonna let God set them free or they're gonna get hurt. And so what I want you to do now is I want you to start praying that God and his spirit just softens hearts today, amen? And for the rest of us, 
I felt so impressed this week to just take this time to, to repent, to repent of the things that we've been abusing in our freedom, the things that, the things that we've been doing and we know that we need to just get back in our lane. And so that's what I wanna do today. I don't wanna do this big call. Listen, don't wait on me to pray. Don't wait on anybody else to pray. Don't wait. I want you to start praying right now and start just getting into the presence of God as we're getting ready to go back into worship. Just start setting that, start declaring that over you that we're going to repent of those areas in our lives where we're abusing freedoms and that we're gonna start serving others in love. And I also wanna challenge us today, and I, I want you to lean into this, that if there's people that we have been devouring and destroying in our lives, that we ask God in the next few minutes to help us to make that right. And for some of us today, that just means praying and getting back in the lane. And for some of us today, that may mean that you need to go to someone and say that I'm sorry as someone who bears his name that I have treated you other than how Jesus would treat you and I need your forgiveness today. Some of us need to forgive people today because you're walking around and you've been hurt and the person that cut you off and knocked you out of your lane, you're holding on to that hurt, you're holding on to that bitterness and you need to forgive people and get free. So whatever you need to, to confess today, I pray that you confess it. God, whatever it is that we need your help for today, God, I pray that you just give it to us, Lord. I pray that you set us back in the right path with the right focus, God. I pray that if there's those of us that need to go to someone and we need to pray and we need to repent, I pray right now, Lord, you strengthen them inside of their spirit. You give them confidence that they need to be able to go and ask forgiveness, God, but let them know that Right as they pray, they confess and repent, Lord, that your grace is there and that you've forgiven them, right? God, I, I, I pray that over your people right now. God, just continue to pray, continue to worship. And I also want you to know that God will give you whatever you need to walk back into your lane. Now, if you're still look it up or, or if you're online, I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes and just kind of a moment of privacy. I wanna talk to uh, a group of people right now and it, it's people, listen, that you've heard this message, you've heard the, this challenge, you, you've heard all that. And so what you wanna do is you wanna pray and receive that relationship with God right now. And I wanna tell you that, that what that involves um, is being able to pray. And we're gonna, we're gonna say some prayers and we're gonna, we're gonna work through this, but I wanna tell you that, listen, right now, if that's you, there's a big chance that you know it already because a lot of the times I've seen this, that if, you're, if that's you, your lack of freedom it has shown you that you need this. Right now you feel desperate. Right now you feel no peace. Right now you feel no joy. And, and right now, you, maybe you're even questioning your purpose and everything that you're trying to obtain to make you feel better is not working at all because the only one that can is Jesus. So if you're that person today, I want to tell you that, that after listening to this, God's been speaking to you. And so now you're saying, I need to change my life. I need Jesus to come in and remove this guilt and condemnation. Listen, you do it first by admitting that you're a sinner. And that flies in the face of, of us being our own heroes because you have to admit that you are a sinner and that you can't save yourself, that only Jesus can do that. Then I want you to believe that what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you counts for you today. 
It counts for you today. Amen. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, it counts for you today. And finally, I just want you to confess that Jesus was raised from the dead, sealing sealing the, the fate of sin so that we could be set free. And by the very fact that he was resurrected shows us that God accepted his sacrifice. So I just want you to pray right now in your own words. Tell him, say, God, I'm a sinner. I can't save me. I know that no one outside of you can save me. I need you. I believe that your death was for me, that it counts for me. It counts for the stuff that I've done because of what I did. I know that Jesus has died for me and because of what he has done, I could be free from sin. God saved me. I repent of my sins and listen to me. Repent does not mean I'm sorry. Repent means a change of mind and it's such a strong change of mind that it literally means to put down and walk away. So I pray that as I repent, Lord, forgive me today and bring me into your family, God. Let's just worship God over these next couple of minutes. If that's you, just continue to pray. If you're, if you're praying repentance, just continue to pray because, listen, I can tell you the presence of God sets us free from bondage. So we're going to walk into the presence of God. And if you want to, if you want to change your posture, if you want to get on your knees, if you want to lift your hands, if you want to come up front, or if you want to stay in your seat, just start to press in to the presence of God right now.